So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey everyone, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the host of the Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to provide education to veterinarians so they can get clarity, take control, feel confident, and experience contentment. This episode is a piggyback to the previous episode. Uh, For those of you who are listening for the first time, uh, we have a lot of resources available, and especially if you have are one of our frequent listeners, there's a lot of great things available on our website that you can go listen to or sign up for between race CEs, assessments, videos, articles. Uh, You can easily find them by visiting flvetadvisors.com or simply just search for us online and you'll be able to find our website. The previous discussion, you know, CJ and I were talking about uh, you wanting to look and buy into a veterinary practice. And we had discussed several different options when it came to Uh, What are things that you should be considering as you're looking to make this transition of potentially being a practice owner? And during this conversation today, what we're going to really talk about and dive down into are obstacles or some challenges that you might experience along this process and some really important players or people that you should have in your back pocket. So, uh, you know, just to jump right in here, the first thing is we've got a bunch of obstacles that you're going to want to consider. And, uh, you know what, CJ, why don't you start us off with uh, what would you think is one of the first obstacles that we have. So if you want to buy a veterinary practice, the first obstacle that you're going to have is that the, the seller wants out now. They need they need out now. They don't want to continue to figure out how they can transition the business over to you. They really just want to be retired, right? And they might have enough personal assets that the sale of their practice can go to a third party, private equity firm or a group that has bound together that are buying practices So, I mean, that's really the biggest one is that you're going to be out there looking for a practice to buy and there may not be a whole lot of them that are, that are going to now on the flip side, most people who sell their business, when we ask them, Hey, when, when are you, when do you think you'll sell? They'll always say the same, pretty much the same answer and it's five to seven years. Right. And then we'll talk to them three years later and say, Hey, when do you think you'll sell? They'll say five to seven years. And it's this rolling five to seven year period that we find that sellers oftentimes they don't, they never really know when they're going to sell until they're like done. Like they're like, they're like now is the time that I want to do it. And then they start looking for buyers and they're not very patient because they've waited till the very last minute to sell their practice. So I think that's, that's just going to be a huge hurdle for a lot of you that are looking for a practice to buy is just finding that practice. Cause a lot of them are going to say, well, I'll be willing to sell my practice in five to seven years. The good news is for those of you looking for a business is when you find somebody like that, it's actually the exact moment that you should be saying, Hey, then why don't we talk about that now? Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, this is one thing that we do all day long. We help transition businesses usually within a seven to a 10 year period. I mean, 10 years gives you a good amount of time to where they can get the, they can get a good value for their practice and transition it over time and actually potentially get more money. A a big potential, right? Uh, That word, big potential to get more money over time than just selling it today at to, to a venture capitalist firm or private equity firm. A good example that actually comes to mind here as you're saying that. Imagine if you're flying in a plane right now 
and the the plane's coming into the airport mm -hmm. and then they decided to shorten the runway yeah <laughs> and then there's water at the end and you're like oh oh darn like, what are we gonna yeah. do? you freak so. out right and then you if you if you have less runway you are forced to figure out how to do it and you could crash you could right so i think it's important for even people who are thinking about selling their business to start thinking about it as soon as possible and there's only three ways that you can get out of your business you hear us saying it multiple podcasts at this point i'm sure you either sell to an insider or to like a a person sell to an individual or you sell to a company or you die owning the practice there's no other way out of out of that practice unless you just shut the doors which yep. i mean i don't think anyone really wants to do that so depending on the the seller's motivations of why they're trying to get out too can really put a big damper on how that transition is going to go and how buying into the business could be because they, maybe this could be their biggest transaction of their life and now they're relying on this to be their retirement so very very yeah yeah and they're i mean it's scary for them mm -hmm. and, and they've been they've been in this business they've owned this business for multiple years at this point it's probably a big piece of them right their identity has got a big chunk in that business of course so for them to be thinking about selling is is hard sometimes so i mean as somebody who wants to buy the business you got to also be aware of that as well another obstacle that you might experience is not having enough cash on hand you know this can be a big problem with getting into a practice or trying to buy into one from a couple of different factors you know the the first one is you know if you don't have any available money that's there to be able to back you up so like let's say that you need additional money just to pay your bills <laughs> like that could be an issue that you run into because if this buying into the business and a lot of the cash from the business is now having to go to pay a loan or pay the seller it could put you in a poor position financially uh, but then also at the same time uh, a lot of lenders and institutions will rely to make sure that you have a good cash position to be able to, you know, depending on the terms of your credit and at the same time, how much money you can put down can sometimes impact one, what type of loans you can get. If it's a, a normal loan or an SBA loan, or at the same time, depending on how much you're going to have to finance through all of this. And of course, you know, there is no good or bad or definitive direction of should you be putting more money down or not. But the more cash heavy you are, the more that you have available, it just creates more control and flexibility. So as things are happening and some of these unknowns are popping up and let's say going back to before, you know, you're wanting to get a valuation done because you want to make sure that this business is worth what it is. You have the necessary means to be able to do it and you're not putting yourself in a bad position. Another obstacle would be if the seller wants more money than the practice is actually worth. We've seen it multiple times where I think it's worth $2 million and when the valuations come back at a million, million two, you know, they just may not be able to sell it at this point, right? So they might say, well, I can't, I don't have enough personal assets in order to sell this business and retire, right? Because they, maybe they didn't plan for years or maybe they, they had bad counsel, bad people, bad advice from not bad people, but bad advice from people who were giving, giving them advice, right? And they didn't know that they should be saving money outside the business for the sake of making sure that they can retire when they do, in fact, exit the business. So if the seller wants more money than the practice is worth, then that's going to be, it's going to be very hard for you to buy that practice if the seller just isn't able to sell. Right. And this also comes into an important thing to add on here is the, the valuation, depending on when it comes to 
the overall because they might want more, but then what it's actually the business is physically worth. It's really one of those things of like, you have to make that decision at that point of like, does, is this something that I want to commit to and get involved with? Uh, because we just have some examples too recently where, you know, depending on the professional that's being used, they could also be valuing the business a lot more by adding certain things back into it to make it seem like it's worth more than what it is. But then there's a lot of gray area that's in there of just certain deductions and expenses that are being flowed through the business of saying, hey, you're going to, as you being the buyer, now you're going to be able to experience this profits. And that's something from going back to, you know, they might be wanting more. And at the same time, does it support it? And then also from a lending standpoint, certain institutions and banks are only going to provide you so much money for the practice because they have a certain value in their mind as well. When you look at value in college, I had a a focus on asset valuations, like security analysis and asset valuations. And one thing that constantly came up was just the, the idea of future profits are what drives value most of the time, unless you're talking about certain companies that I can't name on this podcast. But for the most part, when you're valuing a company, future profits are what they're going to look at. Past profits give you an idea of the story behind the company. And I think, especially when you're you're looking at what the financials say, you're really trying to find the story behind the numbers. And growth rates matter, markets matter, where things are going to be going in the next two, three, five years marketing budgets, like what everything inside that company does have some sort of impact on that value and on the profits. So being just aware that if someone's wanting a $2 million valuation, then they better be able to support the fact that the profits, especially from previous previously can support it. And then also in the future can be can support a $2 million valuation ongoing. And if you're buying that business for 2 million, it's interesting how you can look up AAPL on Google, just type AAPL, and it gives you the stock price of Apple. It takes no time for you to find out what a share, a stock price is of just one share of Apple. But you can't do that with a vet practice. Like if you own a vet practice, you can't go to Google and type in your own ticker symbol and it come up and here's the valuation. Like here's how much it stock costs. So I think it's important to just know that if you're going to buy that business for $2 million, you also want to make sure that you have a plan on how you're going to grow that business value. Because just like when you buy stocks and when you buy bonds, the whole idea is to get a return. You also want to be able to say, I'm going to buy this $2 million company and grow it to a $3 million, $4 million, $5 million, whatever company over so many years at a particular growth rate, right? So just taking that into account as well. The last thing just to throw in here, and of course, we touched on this a little bit is that there is a lot of competition, like depending on the atmosphere of the environment and where the position of where the seller is at, you know, you could be competing against people that have very deep pockets and it's basically just understanding, you know, where you stand and is there the possibility. And sometimes when you want to buy into a, a practice, uh, if you are working at a practice already, there is a possibility you could start the discussions with them. Of course, as we we're talking earlier about the runway, making sure that that runway, if you can start conversation with them now, and making sure to put it where it's a win-win for you and them along the way. So professionals you should work with during this process, during that, that time when you're looking to buy a practice. First, one of the people you want to have you want to first find is a financial advisor that is a certified exit planner. So I'm a, I'm a certified exit planner. There are other people on our team that have the, the designation and a, and a CEXP, a certified exit planner 
as someone who works with business owners to effectively grow their business and or exit their business because you're either in one or two of those those stages you're either trying to grow it right you're young you're buying into it you're hiring employees you're opening more locations like there's 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 a growth in the beginning in the in the in the early years right then you might get to a spot where you're just sustaining you just want to keep the business afloat going producing income for you and then there's the exiting the actual time when you go ahead and sell the practice so a financial advisor who is a CEXP, a certified exit planner, is someone that's gonna help you, guide you from soup to nuts from and, and cover all of the bases inside of, inside of that, that type of planning for the business on business continuity, business exiting, uh, and even with when, if you have multiple planners or multiple, if you have multiple owners in the business, it's also an, another good thing to have. You should have a business attorney, somebody who, not all attorneys do the same thing. And this is something where you, you know, you, if you don't want a brain surgeon operating on your knee and you don't want, you know, a, a psychiatrist operating on your brain, then it's probably a good idea to not just grab any attorney and have them do the documents for the practice that you're going to establish the operating agreement, the buy, sell, the language that you, that you have to have drafted in order to make sure that you're okay when it comes to the business and the documentation that's required so find a business someone who does business work as an attorney there's something else to add to that as well that when you're looking to buy the business there is going to be an agreement that you're going to enter into between the seller and yourself so making sure that there is someone there to help either uh, if they have someone already great However, making sure you have someone in your own back, back pocket to review the terms, make sure that there is no, there's nothing that could hurt you in the long end of it. So they can fall to the transaction part of it. And then also as you're getting into the actual ownership part of it, they can also help a lot of agreements and different things inside your business. Another professional that we will look at is evaluation expert. CVA, which is a certified value analyst or a, an accredited business value, uh, valuation expert that an accountant is a designation is an ABV. Those people, they do this all day long and create formal valuations that you could take and use in the transaction that in the event that the IRS or anyone else comes back to you, they can actually fight it for you. They can justify the value. You don't want to just go online and start plugging in some numbers and hopefully you can figure out some valuation because these guys are professionals and they will, or, or gals are professionals that can help support you in that. You also want to be looking at accountants that regularly and routinely provide CFO services. So accountants are good oftentimes for filing your tax returns and, and that's all good. But you also want somebody who's going to be a little bit more proactive in what you're trying to do with your business. And it, it costs a lot of money to hire a CFO. It might be easier to just have an accountant that provides CFO-like services, pay them per month for those services, so that they that way they, they can not just do your books, they can not just do your taxes, but they can also help with the overall vision and the overall projection that you have that you want to go with the business. And then the last one is what they call an M&A advisor. That's a mergers and acquisition advisor. Someone that's kind of like a broker, but a little bit more strategic. And they oftentimes have sources of, of contacts. They have contacts that they can that they can bring in when you're looking to sell their sell your business. They can keep things anonymous. They can go out there and they can actually have almost like an auction for you for your business. So MA advisors are kind of interesting in that world because they they offer a little bit more from a standpoint of 
access to the people that have the ability to buy your business, your business. And they, they, they themselves also might be able to drum up the, the buyer for your business as well. And if you're, if you're somebody who's, um, who's trying to buy a practice, an M&A advisor is not really going to help you, but they can help at least give you some advice on what, what people do with their business over time. Because if you're buying a business, I, I doubt you're buying the business to hold on to it forever until you die, right? There will be a time when you actually do exit the business and understanding how these things work now, even if you're 20 years, 30 years from selling your business, it's at least going to start building that foundation of what you need to do in the business to ensure that the, the, the continuity of that practice is able to sustain itself for the next 20 or 30 years so that you're not 15 years into it and then it goes bust or you're just not profitable or whatever. So again, just the professionals you want to start working with, you want to reach out to and find a financial advisor that is a certified exit planner, a business attorney, a valuation expert, an accountant, and an M&A advisor. Fantastic. Yeah. And if you, any of you need some support or would like some guidance from like, Hey, who should I connect with? Or do you have some people like, feel free to reach out to us. We're more than happy to give our insights or see how we can help. And for those of you who are on this listening right now, who really, really want to buy into a veterinary practice, uh, it is a huge deal. At the same time, this can be a big commitment for you. So making sure that your personal finances are together before you make this dive or make this leap into owning a practice is always the best place to start. There is an assessment we've created just for you that you can go test your, your personal finances by uh, on the very front of our page, it says test my plan on our website. And you can go take that test right now by visiting flvetadvisors.com. Uh, and you'll get a little summary and an assessment of, you know, what are some things that you should be working on? If you are less than 10 years from retiring or selling your practice and you need a second opinion on your plan, please go to our website, fill out the contact form, let us know a little bit about you, and we'll make sure that we reach back out to you whenever we have the chance. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Success, success, success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151153 expires February of 2025.